Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Chris Harrington joins me now on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. Chris, what are we listening to? That's, um, I don't know what you got, but it's got me by Richard Penniman, a.k.a. Little Richard, the late Little Richard. Born on this day in 1932, the one great Little Richard song that does not sound like the other great Little Richard songs. All right, you were at the uh, Grizzlies game Friday, and I thought you wrote a particularly wonderful uh, summation of it over at the Daily Memphian, but it sounds like it was quite a night. Good, perfect. You got to see great Joel Embiid, and then you got to see Ja and the Grizzlies winning. Yeah, the game gave me a lot to work with, so I had that going for me. Um, I thought that was one of the better games this season. You know, and it was, you know, home games I, I consider differently. I mean, obviously, if you're a fan, you don't go to the games. You're watching all of them from home. Maybe there's not that difference, big difference with home and road. But in terms of home games, I thought that was one of the better home games this season in terms of just total entertainment value and quality. And so you got you know, two of the best and more distinctive players in the league and John Morant and Joel Embiid both having big nights. They both had big nights while battling against particularly interesting foes in the Anthony Mountain and Stephen Adams. You know, the sort of games within the games within the game that were really compelling. And then the Grizzlies bench popped up big, which it has a lot this season in the second half. And it was just a really good basketball game. Uh, well, let's take those battles uh, one after the other. Start with Ja and DeAnthony Melton. Uh, how did uh, how did DeAnthony Melton look? Melton looked fine, but like when Ja Moran gets into a groove, like you know, I, I mean, good luck, no matter who you are, <laughs> pretty much. Um, Melton was fine. I mean, he he, you know, he, he should not be starting and playing that the role he is right. because of the injuries, but he was pretty good. Um, I'm getting the box scores around me. 13 points, six boards, four assists. Um, Morant just got into a groove in the first half. Now, at the end of the night, Morant's stat line right. wasn't as great because he ended up missing a lot of shots in the second half. But you know, when they were still controlling the game, but in the first half, Morant just got into a groove and like just really gave Melton the business. And so, you know, with, with the alley oop passes and with the, dri- the the trick dribbles and with the three pointers and like he just had the, he just had everything working in the first half. And so it was funny, like Jaws weekend, like if you could put the first half on Friday night with the second half <laughs> right, right. against Detroit, it would it'd be like the greatest single game highlight reel in NBA history just about. I like some of the things that Jod does I, I I wonder if I mean like and you ask any great player what they do. Well it was interesting because you did ask Jaron what he did in a great moment and he broke it down. We'll get to that in a minute. But Usually the answer is, I don't really know. I just react as it unfolds. 
worlds, right? Like that's normally when, when you see an athlete and the genius doing something that's genius level, it's like, well, I just, it just unfolded. And it's, I go by instinct or whatever else. You wonder like all of those moves with the basketball, are all those things, things that he has practiced or do they, is it, is it the old jazz musician, you know? Um, I mean, I think, I, I don't think you practice some of like the reactive dribble stuff that he does. Um, I, I think that I think it, he's done it before. Just like doing something before and practicing it. Right. I don't think you know before the game he's working on some no, like, he's whatever move he put on the Anthony <laughs> Melton, right? I, I think I think it's part of like you know it's a creativity on the fly is what I think that is. That is sort of the jazz musician thing. But I think the distinction that I make, and maybe this is a distinction without a difference or it's just semantics, is the difference between instinct and like high speed processing, which is the way I put it, you know, in Jaron's thing. And to me, Jaron's answer, and the Jaron answer was about the block shot against Embiid, which happened in like two seconds, and it took him like 45 seconds to explain it, like in detail of everything that went into the, the thought process. Well, John had a similar moment as Ricky years when the, the first win of his career when he had he he, he found uh, Jay Crowder for the wide open or found Jay Crowder trailing for the three pointer to beat Brooklyn over after the game. Um, this was before the locker room shut down, you know, during COVID. Right. And he was asked about that, and he spent like a minute explaining it. And when he explained it, it was clear that every if you broke that down and frame by framed it, like he understood what was happening in every frame. But it all happens in a matter of seconds, and it's that. You know, these super elite athletes, it's not just about their physical ability. It's about their ability, you know, whether you want to call it pattern recognition or whatever. It's their ability to process things on the move super quickly and make decisions super quickly. And it happens so quickly, it feels like instinct. But maybe that's just another way of saying that you just process, process things like, you know, quicker than most of us can. So the block, it was Jaron. Um blocking Joel Embiid literally at the rim and it wasn't as it wasn't as flashy as some send it in the third row blocks that you'll occasionally see I don't know though that I've seen a more impressive block from Jaron just because it's freaking Joel Embiid at the rim it was he just took it out of his hand what did he see yes I felt like the ball was almost in the rim by the time it happened, and so it happened in a way that I think a lot of people, myself included, took a second to process what had happened because um, it wasn't that wasn't that emphatic. Like right. send it send it back the other way. It was like, wait a minute, did he block that? And yet, sure enough, he did. And, you know, when Jaron asked about it, Jaron talked about how you know that you know because he's coming from the weak side or coming from off ball help, and like Stephen Adams is guarding him and is talking about how you know. To, what how Embiid is going to react depends apart on what Adams does, and he said, you know, if Adams stays in front of them, then maybe he you know pump fakes or takes an extra second. And but then when he saw him get a step on Stephen Adams, he knew he would go straight up, and he knew he was going to gather with two hands, which meant that that he was only able to get it at the rim. He's talking about all the like recognizing everything along the way to know a whether to try to block the shot, b when to try to block the shot, and you know c you know. W- you know, how he was going to attack the rim with it and where he was going to have to go, you know, relative relative to that. And so it's just, you know, it's the kind of thing you break it frame by frame. You can say, oh, yeah, exactly, this is what happened. But it's hard to process that in the instant unless, you know, you're a great NBA player, right. I guess. Jaron continues to be excellent. 
all, all across, and that's probably uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm going to like mess myself up by by deciding ahead of time what I'm writing about. Right. But I'm you know my, my weekly column is I'm gonna write it today and maybe incorporate tonight's game if need be and have it out tomorrow. And so it won't just be a, a column about tonight's game; it'll be a weekly column. So hopefully Jaron won't go like 0 for 17 tonight. But I think I'm gonna write about Jaron. You know, eight nine games in, what he looks like. And, like, it's pretty much across the board he's hitting career highs, you know, and just about everything. You know, not three-point percentage, you know, but pretty much everything else he's either at or above career highs. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, I'm surprised it's happening this fast. Yeah. Um, given, no, it, it, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that it's still – to me, the thing with Jaron was always it, he doesn't need to do things he hasn't already done be an all-star level player right he just needs to do them all at the same time um there's still things there there are things he still hasn't done that he just may never do right like his assist numbers are laughably bad so far but like that's fine like you know he's a he's a combo he's a defensive oriented combo big if you're not going to be a marcus all steven adams passer like we'll live with that if you do everything else and so he's kind of doing just about everything else right now it is interesting back to the processing thing that you can be a genius processor about blocking a shot, but not a genius processor or even an average processor about passing a basketball. Like, it is, I mean, people have different skills, but it is you are seeing yeah, I mean, the basketball. I think the, passing thing is, the passing thing is more complicated a little bit because it's you know you got to deal with you, yourself and the ball, whereas with blocking the shot is sort of just yourself. You know, right. you, you, and you're not. It's I think it's probably a little more complicated. Uh, to, you know, in terms of passing, um, and, and you got to worry about more than one player. Like, more, you know, you're blocking the guy who has the ball, where you're trying right. to pass. You're worried about the defense and the guy moving. You're passing to, and I think there's, I think there's more, there's more patterns to recognize. I think in that regard. Um, all right, you uh, gave Stephen, even though Joel Embiid had big numbers, um, you, but not just you, Taylor Jenkins and his teammates all gave Stephen Adams credit for what he was able to do in that win Friday. Why? Yeah, I mean, I think Adams had a really good game. Um, it, you know, he, he, he got stuff back on the other end, you know, in terms of his own scoring and his passing and, and what he did offensively. Um, I think he made Embiid work a lot. Embiid was also not as good, you know, he, he wasn't really taking over the game down the stretch, you know. Um, and I know Embiid had a big game, but he may have had a bigger game if someone else was guarding him. And so right. I, I think Adams, uh, you know, I, I, Adams faced with playing a great player in a great groove early on, I think did about as well as, as you, you could imagine. Boy, when, when he sat down, it was all she wrote. <laughs> like when, when Embiid left the, build, left the game, that was it. Well, the, well they yeah. went on that 22 run late first through early second when Embiid went to the bench. And to me, and, and that's what gave the Grizzlies control of the game. And at that point, they just sort of, you know, I think they got it down to five at one point, but it never got down to a single possession game after that. Yeah. Um, all right. And then they take care of Detroit yesterday. That third quarter from Ja, about as, as good as Ja. I mean, that was spectacular. I, 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 get, I think that's, a, that's the takeaway from that one. That's what you will remember from that one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, the Pistons are bad, and so you beat a bad team. Right. Um, but, you beat, but you beat them on the road. Jai has a big game. Um, you know, and the guys who have been good just keep being good. Like, Jaron was good. Dylan was good. Dylan was um, good. Another five threes. As, yeah, good. Yeah, the bench not as good in that game, but you didn't need it as much. 
Um, okay, so this week, uh, interesting because you got the Heat tonight, then you got the Thunder at home Wednesday, and then the Pistons again on Friday. Uh, tell us about the Heat. Um, you know, the Heat have been struggling a little bit. They, they they were number one in the East. I think it's hard to remember this, but they were actually number one in the East in the regular season last year, and I think they made the conference finals. Um, you know, they're they're eleven and twelve right now. They're playing under five hundred ball. Um, it, you know, it seems like if they get everybody healthy, everybody in a groove, they'll be a playoff team. But they just don't seem to have the upside anymore of the top teams in the East. And you look at the age of Kyle Lowry and the wear and tear on Jimmy Butler, and you look at the depth stuff, and I think that team, that team's probably better than its record, but that team is probably not not a top-ten team in the league this year, and I don't think, I don't think it's going to be, but we'll see. All right, and then finally, uh, we've got a, the Lakers have been much better. Anthony Davis has been tremendous, 55-17. and 17. Yeah. They have won... Uh, eight of ten, and they are now up to ten and twelve. What do you make of uh, the Lakers? And would you now are they a threat to make the at least the play in? I'm heartened by it as someone who doesn't want yeah. New Orleans to get a top three pick. I guess I'd, the Lakers have not reached the level where I think they're going to get up to the area where the Grizzlies are in. We'll see if that changes. I but I doubt it. And so at this point. I mean, from a Grizzlies perspective, the most meaningful thing is to try to keep New Orleans from getting a high pick in the draft. And New Orleans had swap rights to the Lakers' pick this summer, like unprotected swap rights. So if the Lakers got the number one pick, New Orleans would be able to get that pick. And we really don't want New Orleans getting 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 that pick. And so, you know, let's – the needle we're trying to thread – last year we're trying to thread a needle and it did not work out. <laughs> right. And, and, it's, and so this time the needle we're trying to thread – it's for the Lakers to be good enough to give New Orleans a bad pick, but not good enough to like you know be, to, to to make the playoffs. So if they could like be a play-in team and like finish ninth, like just out of the mix, and then like give New Orleans the fifteenth pick or something like that, I think that that's what we're going. And, and for. the only reason you want them to not make the playoffs is your own personal animus towards the Lakers. Hey, hey, hatred it, of the Lakers. It's, yes, it's right. not have anything to do with the Grizzlies. I would be fine no, if they make the no, Lakers play-in. making the playoffs is, is a little yes. bit better because you eliminate all chances. But I, I, I'm trying to thread the needle. <laughs> right, I'm, exactly. I'm looking for bad for the Lakers and bad, bad for the Pelicans. Yeah. All right, Chris, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.